0: no question. Okay, we are um, in Shema, and last week we talked about primarily the first parsha of Shema, and today I want to talk more about the second parsha and more to contrast the two parshas of the two first parshas of Shema. Right, right. We'll remember that davening really was a lead up, and then especially the birchas kriya Shema was a lead up to the Shema. And Shema itself is made up of the first paragraph that goes from Shema to Lovish Recha, That's from the Torah portion of Ve'eschanan. And then Ve'hoya, which is from the Torah portion of um, Ekev, right after Vashana, the next Torah portion. And then there's the third section, which is really a whole different concept, which I hope to get to tonight as well. <coughs> um, I want to discuss with you a, a very beautiful and powerful idea from a Mimer, from the Tzemach Tzedek? A nightmare? A mimer. A mimer. <laughs> For some people. <laughs> um, a mimer, a Hasidic discourse from the Tzemach Tzedek, one of these from the Tzemach Tzedek, is called Derech Mitzvosecha. Oh. And Derech Mitzvosecha really is a very, very um, fascinating Sefer. It's a, explanations, according to Kabbalah and Hasidus, of a lot of the mitzvahs that we have. We know that every mitzvah has the physical mitzvah that we do, um, if it's a mitzvah of doing or, the, or saying, whatever it is. And then there is the spiritual background and really what's going on and what's, what's behind the scenes. There's so much behind the scenes. We just get the tip of the iceberg. We do the mitzvah, which is very powerful. But there's all types of kavanas and ideas and thoughts behind every mitzvah that we do. And in this Sefer, which the Samach called Derech Mitzvah Secha, it's also sometimes called Sefer Taimei HaMitzvahis, the reasons, the Kabbalistic reasons behind mitzvahs. And he goes through a number of the mitzvahs. And he has there, one of the lengthy sections is about tefillah. It's called Sherish At Tfilah, the root and the idea behind the mitzvah of davening. And it discusses a lot of concepts. And again, a lot there is quite Kabbalistic, but explained according to chassidus. And he says something about the first two parshas of Shema. Very fascinating idea. Um, he talks about the fact that the Arizal writes that the first parsha from Veahafta until Visharecha is 42 words. Now, now you, you can count it out, it's true. There's 42 words there starting from Ve'ahavta until Visharecha. 42 membes is actually one of the names of Hashem. Kabbalistically, there's different names of Hashem. Aside from the famous ones like Yud-Kevafke and Nolakim, there's the Shem mem forty-two. There's the Shem Ayin-Bays, which is seventy-two. Um, there's Samach Gimel. There's a number of different names, and each one has how it comes to be um, and what it stands for. Uh, just the, the f- there's formulas how you get to these numbers. The number they're all really plays on the primary name of Hashem. The primary name is the Yud and the Hay and the Vav and then the Hay, right? But those that name can be spelled out in different ways. And depending on how you spell it out, it comes up to different numerical values. Right? So there's the Shem Membez, the 42-letter the, the name of Hashem. And the first section of Shema, from V'yahavta till Visharecha corresponds to that Shem Membez. Now, Membez, the number 42, is connected Kabbalistically always to ascending. To going higher. For, exa- for example, where do we have the number 42 in the Torah? Who can get it? The 42, I'm sorry? Oh, journey. 42 journeys. The 42 journeys of the Jews from Mitzrayim all the way up to Israel. Right, The Membez Masos were 42 journeys. And in fact, the Baal Shem Tov says that every person throughout his lifetime goes through those 42 steps and 42 journeys upward in their lifetime. Now some people think that they have 42 journeys every day. But Valsheptov says that if you break down our life, there's 42 basic journeys. Now, so 42 is connected to Aliyah. Um, the Anabikoach that we say at different times also has 42 words. Um, the Anabikoach, we say that during the Karbanos, because Karbanos is about Aliyah. Um, we say the Anabikoach, um, we say it on Friday night before Khadodi, because then the worlds are in a state of Aliyah. Um, we say, Bakriyash before our soul is about to ascend. So the Anabakach is always connected with Aliyah, with ascending. And the number 42 is connected with ascending. Okay. Um, now, typically, when we think about Chesed and Gevura, I'm taking a little trip here, Chesed, you have kindness and Gevura, severity. Typically, which one would be connected with ascending? Kindness or severity? Severity. Right, Kindness is like coming downward, like giving, like tzedakah and hashpa'ah and giving. Kindness is always about the flowing, flowing <laughs> downward. Fire is givura, fire is ascending. It's something that's ascending. Um, a strict teacher won't give that much, rather will make the students push up. bring up, push upward. Right. So strictness, which is givura, which is severity, is going to bring upward. Kindness is just going to give. I'll give, I'll flow, and I'll just give, whatever. So kindness is always, like water is kindness, which flows downward. But fire, which is always ascending upward, is givura severity. So the shame Membes, that 42-letter name of Hashem, which, as I said, has to do with the Masaos, the journeys upward, that's givura. That's severity. Clear so far? Yeah. Good. The next section... Vahaya im Shamoah says the same in the writings of the Rizal that from Vahaya until Visamtem es Dvaray Eila which is more than halfway through is 72 letters. And that's another one of Hashem's names. Okay? Now it's until Visamtem. if you're looking in your sitter, I don't know how to say it, but halfway through V'hoya im Visamtem as es ele, to put these words to your heart. So until there says the Rizal 72 letters and that's another shame, another name of Hashem. Again, it's really another way of writing out Hashem's it's name. 72 words. 72 words. I'm sorry, did I say letters? Yeah, 72 words. Now. Wait, from the beginning till the end. From Im yeah. until the Samtem Es Divaray Ela is a seventy is 72 words yeah. corresponding to another name of Hashem, which is the shame Ayin Beis, the name of the seven the the name of Hashem that's comprised of the set of the number seventy-two. Now, seventy-two is the numerical value of the word Chesed, right? Chesed is Ches, which is eight, Samach, which is sixty, and Dalid, which is four. So seventy-two. Okay. So if we just this strict Kabbalah here, the first part of Shema is connected with the forty-two letter name of Hashem which is Givurah, which is ascending. And the second section of the Shema is connected with the 72-letter name of Hashem, which is about chesed, drawing down. Good? That's what the Ayurizal says. Now, here comes the problem. In the words of these two sections, Which one seems more chesed and which one seems more givura? The opposite. Mm -hmm. The first one starts, and connecting to Hashem, which feels very chesed-like. Whereas the second one is, if you're going to listen to the mitzvahs, you're okay. If not... Hisham rulachem, be careful. Penyiftel if your hearts will wander, Vesartim you'll serve idolatry. V'chara will be angry with you, and His wrath will play out. That sounds much more gevura-like. So here we have a kabbalistic conundrum, if you will. Now, what's the story with the two sections of Shema? Where is Chesed and where is gevura? Good. In, in, in summary, to summarize, the first section, the Arizal writes, the first section of Shema, 42 words. 42 words are, um, correspond to the 42-letter name of Hashem, which is all about ascending, like fire that ascends upward, which is givurah. The second section is 72 words until Vesantim. 72 is the numerical value of is ayin Bays, which is chesed, which is kindness. So the Arizal seems to be telling us that the first section is connected with severity, the second with kindness. And yet, when we look at the words, it seems the opposite. That the first is more about love and kindness, and the second is more about severity and being careful and doing the mitzvahs and so on and so forth. So how do we... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, resolve that apparent contradiction in what's going on in these two paragraphs. That is the question that Tzermach Tzedek poses in that moment. And he says something very beautiful. And he says, there are times, uh, let me just say first the words, the way it is in Chassidus, there is, there is the Ur of Chesed, and there's, the, there, there's always the Ur and there's the Keli. There's the vessel and there's the light. Meaning, there is kindness, and then there is how I express it. Sometimes kindness is expressed through severity. And th- sometimes severity can be expressed through kindness. In other words, there is the internal feeling that's going on, and there is the external um, expression. In, again, in, in Kabbalistic terminology, it's called Or HaChesed Bikli hagvura or or hagvura bekliha Is that passive aggressive it could be <laughs> it could be passive <laughs> aggressive that, that could be. be could be a form of it right right sometimes you can be nice to someone but that nice could actually be a very severe niceness so i'm talking very negative. nice it's ne- it is negative that's true here we're going to see it all it's in positive. positive. we're going to we're going to find it all positive that's but the concept right. is true the concept is true that sometimes you can Pretend nice, nice, and it's really severity. It's really not nice. And sometimes you can talk tough, and it's really coming from love. love, from real love. It's discipline. Discipline is a form of love, and it's discipline. It's tough, and sometimes it's very tough. But nevertheless, it's love. So what the Samach Tzedek is telling us here is that in these two parshas, we're we're going to see a reversal of what we're saying and what's really going on here. And 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 and, and allow me to explain. Coming a little bit from a different angle, and I'm going to bring it all together shortly. The first parsha is really made up of two primary concepts, and we discussed this last week Ahava, the love of Hashem that we're expressing, and Torah, the study of Torah and the involvement in Torah study. That's really the whole first parsha. Right? If, you, if we skim through it. V'haftas Hashem all our hearts, all our soul, all our might. And then, these words, asher nochim that I'm commanding you should be on your heart. Teach them to your children, speak about them when you're traveling, when you're at home, when you're by night, in the morning. Wrap them around your arms, put them on your heads, put them on the mezuzahs of your doorposts. That's the first parsha. So really it's about expressing our love to Hashem and... Being involved in Hashem's Torah. To simplify, it is two words: Tefillah and Torah. Tefillah is an emotional expression, an emotional relationship, and Torah is the study of Torah. What's the next? What What does the next parsha bring to to the table, so to speak? What does the second section of Shema deal with that the first doesn't? One word: Mitzvahs. The first section of Shema is not about mitzvahs. It's about loving Hashem, it's about learning Torah. Now, to be sure, love of Hashem is a mitzvah and learning Torah is a mitzvah. But the word mitzvah is not mentioned in the first section. It's about loving, it's about learning Hashem's Torah. The second starts right in the first line, <laughs> V'hoya im Tishmu El Mitzvah osay. Are you going to listen to my mitzvahs? And it's all about performing and doing the mitzvahs. And if you listen, it will be good. And if not, what will be to, to fulfill the mitzvahs of Hashem? Now, let's think about Torah and tefillah versus mitzvahs. Can I ask a question? I yeah. Be, the first paragraph is mitzvahs too. Yeah, sure. think all Yeah. Right. True. But the first paragraph is about the Torah these words that I am telling you should be on your heart, you should learn them, you should teach them, you should have them with you all the time, you should wrap them around your arms. Again, of course, these are mitzvot as well. But the, the underlying theme here, is the words that I'm teaching you, they should be on your hearts and minds wherever you are. They should be wrapped around you. They should be on your doorpost. It's about study of Torah. We discussed last week, when a person has that tremendous desire, I love Hashem, I love Hashem, Hashem says, okay, now what? So how are you going to connect? That's through connecting to Hashem's Torah. So that's Torah study. The, The primary focus here is the study of Torah. Then, the next parsha, when you will listen to these mitzvahs that I am commanding, suddenly we're talking about listening to mitzvahs, following the commandments. Okay? What's the difference between Torah and tefillah versus mitzvahs in general? Let's think about the difference. We have really, if you think about it, we have three basic forms that Hashem gives us to connect to Him. There is Torah study, there is tefillah prayer, and there is mitzvahs. That sort of puts everything <coughs> together: Torah, tefillah, mitzvahs. Let, let's think so about is it a, a bit minute. Bit more, more bitel, maybe. Good, good. That's definitely a clear thing, and we're gonna get, we'll see how that fits into what we're saying for sure. What's more bitel? Mitzvahs. Like
1: to do mitzvahs, just because it's
0: time to say they do it and then into action, because maybe there's more satisfaction from the emotional, from the other things you're saying, tefillah and the. Uh, in other words, tefila, 100%, I'm going to go on that line. Tefillah and Torah are both very clearly, very godly. We're actively connecting to Hashem, thinking about Hashem. Well, definitely when we're davening, right? When we're davening, we're thinking about Hashem and talking to Hashem and expressing ourselves to Hashem. That's what davening is. Ben Adam-ma-maku. Ben Adam-ma-maku. Torah is Hashem talking to us. It's His wisdom, it's His Seichel, it's His Torah that we're learning. Really, Torah and Tefillah are two directions of connection. In Tefillah we're connecting upward and Torah Hashem is talking to us. It's the two sides of the coin. We're talking to Him, He's talking to us. But the common denominator of both is that we're talking to each other. We're very much relating to each other when we're davening and learning. Mitzvahs, we're not talking to Hashem and He's not talking to us. We're obeying His commandments. We're doing stuff, whatever He says to do. And the things that He says to do are not necessarily inspirational. Mitzvahs aren't always inspirational. They might be, they might not be. But they're not, like when I'm doing the mitzvah, I'm not actively being inspired like when I'm davening or I'm not actively learning and understanding Hashem, I'm performing an act that Hashem said to do. Sometimes those acts are very, don't, don't inspire me. And yet, but that's what Hashem said to do. Which connection is greater? So there's an advantage to both, for sure. And both are necessary, which is why Hashem gave us both. Right? Hashem wouldn't give us all these things if each one is not necessary. You know, There's something beautiful and special about tefillah and Torah. Because then our, that's when we work on really disconnecting to Hashem. In a sense, when we're learning in Davani, we're trying to disconnect from other things and just zoom in on our connection, which is wonderful. And then Hashem says, okay, enough of this. Now go do what I need you to do for me. For example, if I'm studying Torah and then a mitzvah um, comes up to do, what am I supposed to do? To you have to do the mitzvah. Even though learning Torah might be so much more spiritually engaging and exciting and, and feeling that connection, but right now a mitzvah has to be done. The ultimate point is to do to actually do the mitzvah. You know, there, it's always, we always <coughs> talk about that our relationship to Hashem really mirrors relationships between people. Or, it's the other way, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. The relationship between people really uh, mirrors the relationship between us and Hashem. Relationship between people also, be it a spouse, be it a parent, be it a good friend. So a relationship needs a good feeling and working on that good feeling, and it needs just doing what the other person wants, whether I feel very excited about it or not. That's an equally, at least equally important part of their relationship. So in Torah, mitzvahs is when we're sort of connecting to Hashem, and in mitzvahs is when we're doing what Hashem wants us to do. So if you think about it, really, in Torah, mitzvahs, in a sense, we're moving moving up, we're moving away from everything else and connecting. In mitzvahs, we're bringing Hashem into this world. Right? What are we doing when we're doing mitzvahs? We're connecting Hashem with all of the physical things of this world that we're doing the mitzvahs with. Torah and and tefillah are much more spiritual than mitzvahs. Correct? Torah, Torah and tefillah I do in my mind, with my words, with my heart. And mitzvahs I do with everything, with the rest of the world. Mitzvahs is what brings Hashem into this world. And that's why ultimately what will bring Mashiach is more the mitzvahs than the Torah and tefillah. Because the mitzvah brings Hashem down into this world, creating that Dira B'tachton, (coughs) that dwelling place for Hashem in this world. But Torah and Tefillah are mitzvahs also. True. But Torah and Tefillah are mitzvahs that primarily are spiritual and connecting us with Hashem. Mitzvahs are bringing it into the physical world around us. So you're right, it's a it's a mitzvah because it's important for us to connect ourselves to Hashem. That's Torah and tefillah. But the ultimate goal and purpose is not just that we should be spiritual and connected, but we should bring that down into the whole world, and that's through the mitzvahs that we do. But it also, you know, it says the of Torah connected ku. You know, we say you the Right. So, you know, when you say about how if you're learning Torah and the mitzvah comes your way to do the mitzvah, um, like I, under, I understand, that, but what does that mean? Then the Psalms are like it says and uh, and all that, and then learning Torah is equal to all of it. So you think like a person will say, oh, forget that. Right. I'll, I'll just sit and learn. Right. You you would think that, right. and if one only learned that Mishnah, you might have, might come up with that. Right. But the Halacha is differently. So if a person would say, you know, I, I'll just sit and learn and do not do any mitzvahs, so that's actually going against what the halacha says in Shulchan Aruch, what one is supposed to do. So when it says Torah kulam," it means that the sense of connection, that I'm going to feel with Hashem, is much more in Torah than in anything else. So in feeding the spiritual need that we have to connect, that's much more in Torah and in Tfilah. But in actually fulfilling what Hashem wants me to do, I'm required halachically to put aside the Torah and go do the mitzvahs. So each one brings something else to the table. And therefore, they're both so important. And one can't say, I'm just going to do mitzvahs and not learn Torah and not daven, because I'm not, I am not—I won't be feeding my spiritual connection to Hashem either. Right? Okay. So, now that we know this, let's start putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Could I ask you a question? How are different people supposed to be doing different things? Like, in some people, like, their thing is, you know, maybe told tefillah, and other people, their purpose is mitzvahs and... That's why you see some people are so spiritual and other people are doers. That's an excellent excellent point. That's an excellent point. And it's true. And there's different types of Yidin. And there's like, even in the 12 Shvat, and we just learned that Yaakov benched each one differently, and Shevet Levi was going to be more teachers, and so on and so forth. So they'd be more involved in Torah studying. Yisachar was very involved in Torah, and others were more in business, and so on and so forth. So it's true that in the um, general picture. There are pre- certain people that have more an emphasis and focus in one area, some in the other. But even each one of those people individually has to do both. Because one can't say, listen, I'm such a spiritual person, I'm just gonna learn a daven. I don't deal with, you know, tzedakah or Shabbos or kasharos. I'm too spiritual for that. That doesn't work. So true, I could have more of a focus in one area because the Manish Shama perhaps has more of a leaning in that area, and every person is different. But at the same time, every person really has the general obligations of Torah and mitzvahs. So even if I'm very spiritually bent and one is a great Torah scholar, they still have to actually do mitzvahs and actually give tzedakah and actually keep it up and so on and so forth. And even if someone is a total mitzvah person and very you know grounded and just down to earth and whatever, they have to learn Torah and daven as well. In focus, there's going to be differences. Right. And even in mitzvahs alone, some people have you know um, leanings or pullings to certain mitzvahs, which is fine to have to, that a person should have their special mitzvah and the thing that they have special um, energy and enthusiasm in. That's a great concept. Um, the Gemara talks about, and the Rebbe would say many times about uh, one of the Tanoim, one of the sages of the Mishnah, who asked another, "What's your special mitzvah?" Because people have special mitzvahs, and that's because every neshama has different things that it's here to fulfill and different things that it's here to accomplish. Right, I said over here, I'm sure more than once, but I'll, you, because you're asking the question, uh, just a story that I once heard a number of years ago. Um, by I was by a bar mitzvah here in Bnei Ruvain of, of Rabbi and Mrs. Mendel Moskowitz's son. I don't remember which one. Um, and I, but I remember the bar mitzvah. And by the bar mitzvah, he played a video of his bar mitzvah, of Mendel's bar mitzvah. And it was here, and and the one who was speaking was Rabbi Hecht from Chicago. Anyone here remembers him? Sure. Okay, because that's before my time. He he had passed away by the time I came to Chicago. So I'm watching a bar mitzvah speech from Rabbi Hecht by Mendel Moskowitz's bar mitzvah. I'm watching this by his son's bar mitzvah. Am I being clear? Yes. Okay. And Rabbi Hecht said the following. He said in that speech, one of the best bar mitzvah speeches I ever heard. He said that when his father passed away, or when his Zayda passed away. So he said, his Zayda had a special mitzvah. And a special mitzvah was tefillin. He says he always had tefillin with him in the car and would ask people to put on tefillin way before the Rebbe started with the idea of asking people to put on tefillin. And he knew the halachas of tefillin and before his son's bar mitzvah, he took him to the sofa to the scribe and they learned the halachas and he knew it backwards and forwards. He was obsessed with tefillin. <coughs> so after he passed away, his son, after the shiva, went into the Rebbe for Yechidus. And he says, you know, my father had just passed away. In honor of my father's memory, my father had just passed away. This spa- is Rabbi Hekh talking? Rabbi Hekh talking about his grandfather. Okay. Okay? And his grandfather had this special okay. obsession with tefillin. His grandfather. And now his father went into the Rebbe Teichides and said, you know, okay. in honor of my father who had passed away, perhaps I should accept upon myself also to take tefillin as my special mitzvah because to honor my father's legacy or mitzvah. So what do you think the Rebbe is going to answer? Well, because you're telling the story. know. Like, <laughs> so, so the Rebbe looked at him and says, no. He says, I haven't seen anywhere in all of the Talmud and all of the Zohar and all of the Medrash and the Rebbe, like listed off all the Zoharim, because only the Rebbe can say that. I haven't seen anywhere that the son inherits the father's special mitzvah. If you want to honor his memory, find your special mitzvah and do that to perfection, and that will be the greatest chutz for your father. Which means it's not about copying, and it's not about I'll do you know, for their memory. It's about finding that area that my neshama tells me that's my special thing. And that's very special to be able to find that and to connect to that and do that. That's such an important thing because it's oftentimes we do think that in someone's memory we're supposed to do what they did. Right, right, so that's, right. That's very In amazing. fact, I, I, remember, I remember myself listening to him speak. I remember, you know, you remember thinking, and, and he says, and I asked the Rebbe, and I'm thinking, of course the Rebbe's going to say, go do it. No, yeah. the Rebbe says no. He says, find your special thing. And that's the best way to honor your father, because just like he did his special thing, you do your special thing for your neshama. So just to, to strengthen what you were saying, that of course people are different. And of course people have different leanings and different specialties and different talents. And we're meant to use our own special talents and our own special parts of our neshama. At the same time, nobody could say, well, because that's my special thing, so I don't learn Torah, because that's not my thing. Or I don't do mitzvah, because that's not my thing. So, in a small way, I'm responsible for the whole picture with special emphasis on those areas that I feel I have a special Neshama connection to. Okay, but back here. So, Torah Tefillah, let's put them side by side Torah Tefillah versus mitzvahs. All special connections to Hashem, all important. But let's think about them. Torah is more us sort of moving upward in our connection to Hashem. Like connecting. Leaving, so to speak, the world and worldly and focusing in on the spiritual. Mitzvahs is more bringing Hashem down here. Bringing Hashem into the world. Good? Okay. So, if I would say one is more ascending and one is bringing down, (coughs) which would be which? Torah and Tefillah is ascending, Mitzvah is bringing down. Where is there going to be greater revealed feelings of love? In Torah and Tefillah or in Mitzvah? Where am I going to be expressing more love feelings? Torah and tefillah, because it's godly, it's holy, it's spiritual. Mitzvah is sort of mundane, just doing the thing and doing what I got to do. But really, but really, where, is, where am, I, am I expressing the greatest love? To other people. When I'm bringing Hashem down. When is When do I express the greatest love for someone? When I'm doing what they want. Even if I don't feel so... It doesn't feel so great. Because that's the chesed. That's the chesed. So, now let's look at the two portions and see the beauty of how it all comes together. The first portion we said was 42 words. So that Arizal said, it's the name Membez, which is about ascending. We said, right, 42 is always about ascending. The Anabikoach the is ascending, the 42 journeys. The first portion is about Torah and Tefillah. Mm-hmm. So it's ascending. Which is... Like Gevura, because we're going away from everything else, coming to Hashem. Now, it feels, though, very loving, because we're, we're expressing our love for Hashem. So it, it's very love-based, um, and it's very emotional, and very the relationship is very close. But we're really ascending, moving away, so to speak, from the world around us, and focusing in our connection to Hashem. The second is mitzvahs, which is more business. Do it. You got to do it. You got to do this. You got to do this. But it's bringing Hashem down into the world around us. And that's why it doesn't talk here about ahava. When I'm performing mitzvahs, there's not so much ahava necessarily um, expressed or felt. It's more about doing the right thing and doing what Hashem told me to do. But that's what's actually bringing Hashem down into the world around us. So that's how the Tzemach explains in that Mimer. He says he says the first one is really more about Gevura because it's ascending. It's moving away from everything. And in that Gevura, I feel a very close connection to Hashem as I ascend. The second is bringing Hashem down into this world, and that's through actually doing what Hashem wants us to do. And that's the mitzvahs of Hashem. And that's, that's at least equally important. But in order to be able to do the mitzvahs properly, we have to have the inspiration of the first Pasha as well. right? Every morning we get up, the first thing is we're trying, we hope to daven and be inspired in order then to bring Hashem into the world around us throughout the day. So we need an initial dosage of inspiration. Um, ideally, if we could daven in the morning and if we could learn an idea of Torah and inspire ourselves, and now we're equipped the rest of the day, to go out and do the mitzvahs that we have to do and bring Hashem into the world around us. And that's the setup of these two parshias. The first is, again, the love for Hashem, followed by Torah study, followed by actual performance and doing what Hashem wants from us to do in the world around us. And that's the, the, um, the sequence of these two parashias of Krishna. I'm sorry? Makes sense. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Um, One final idea about that, though, is that there's something that brings Hashem down into the world around us even more than mitzvahs. What could that be? What brings Hashem down even further than the mitzvahs that we do? That is, using the terminology of the sukkah, is and Which means, there is davening. That's tremendous. That's the height of inspiration. Thinking about Hashem, talking to Hashem, expressing myself to Hashem. That's wonderful. Most, most inspiring moments during davening. Then there's Torah study. Torah study is perhaps not as inspirational as tefillah, though people are different. and People connect to different things, obviously. But in Torah study, I'm not necessarily talking to Hashem or thinking of inspirational concepts, but I'm learning Hashem's Torah. Then there is doing mitzvahs. Actually performing what Hashem said, whether it's Shabbos, whether it's Kashrus, whether it's Mezuzah, whatever the mitzvah it is. I'm doing a mitzvah. Then there is all the rest of the day. When most of our hours, we're not studying Torah, we're not davening, and we're not doing mitzvahs. What are we doing most of the time? Just being human beings and doing everything that a human being does, which is not necessarily a tfila or a Torah or a mitzvah. Then we have the opportunity of, in all our ways, to bring in the kadusha of Yiddishkeit. In the regular things, whether it's eating or preparing tea or sleeping or shopping or exercising or socializing. Again, the, the vast majority of things that people do that are not holy or unholy, on their own. And we have the ability of bringing Kiddusha into them as well. And that actually brings Kiddusha into the world even further and more profoundly than the tfilah Torah, or Mitzvahs. Because that's when we are able to bring in our Kiddusha into everything that we do. Kaddish HaTsmuchah Mutterlach <laughs> And like I said, when I'm able to imbue everything I do with a sense of Kedusha. In all of our actions to know Hashem. And that's bringing it down. Basically what we're doing is we're starting with the tremendous inspiration of tefillah and bringing it downward. In the Torah, in the mitzvahs, and in the rest of the day. And making a mishkan for Hashem in the regular mundane activities of what we do, and bringing Hashem into our whole life through that. And that's, it's really a, uh, we start off with a big dosage of inspiration in order to bring it down further and lower. Is that part of uh, making the Jewish Hashem? For sure, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And that's how we touch everything, because you realize, Mashiach is coming, right? The idea of Mashiach coming is to bring Hashem into this whole world. Torah and mitzvahs are very limited in the actual things that they bring Hashem into. right? We do mitzvahs with ABC, but most of our day, we're not doing mitzvahs. We're being normal people. We're being human beings. But to bring kedusha into that, Kedush Hashem into that, and making that everything is part of the spirituality of, of bringing Hashem into this world, that brings Hashem into this entire world, into every detail of creation. And that's why it's so important. Um, so how do you, okay. so Not everything we do is a mitzvah, okay? For sure. Okay. So it snows, and you're shoveling your walk. Okay. So everything that you do, you're going to just be thinking that you're doing this, that that every act like that, you're just bringing Hashem into the world. You're shoveling your walk so that... You won't slip when you drive to carpool and you're taking your kids to lunch over oh, that's the that, that's it true. is the it running is. thoughts of head all the way to end up the mask and all and this is the caduceus it's, it's, all it's, day long, the running thoughts in your head. Right. It it doesn't have to necessarily be that when I'm shoveling I'm thinking about someone slipping in the way to carpool or not slipping. But it becomes if that's what my life that's what's important in my life and that's what's central, everything revolves around that. Again, it's not about, okay, so why am I doing this? Again, this shovel is for that, you know, but it's this what I'm living for. It's what I'm exuding in every part of what I'm doing and what, and therefore everything that I do is surrounding them, right? A person who has the things that they live for and that's what's most important. Everything sort of is around them. When I, when I have a very major event coming up or, a, very big thing that I'm doing or taking care. So whatever I do, I wake up in the morning, everything is somehow that major central event. Everything is connected to it. Everything is, so will it help or will it not help? Will it make it work better or not? So if the major event in my life is Hashem and bringing Hashem into myself and my family and my friends and the people and making this world a place that's a better place, a holier place, a finer place, then everything really is part of that. And the more I spend time um, thinking about Hashem, like when I daven and learn Torah, the more that creates that center point that everything else is around and everything becomes part of. Yeah. What category would you put, like housework, shopping, cooking, like things that are not for you, they're for your family. I mean, you're going to also eat it, but like as a woman, like we're, we're spending most of our day, especially certain times, period, periods of our lives, um, doing things for our family. What category would you put that in? Would you put that into like regular mitzvah? What? That fits perfectly into what we're saying. That's the kol masech Shomayim. There's nothing more important than that. than create If I'm trying to bring up a family, and I want to bring a family of happy people and healthy people and people that are well-centered and well this, it's by giving them the best and most normal life that they can and, and making sure that it's all centered around Hashem and Kedusha. Right. That's totally, which as I'm, I'm bringing out here, is in a sense, even more powerful than an actual mitzvah, an actual studying of Torah. That's bringing Hashem into the world in the most real way. Um, yeah, yeah, and 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 the least inspirational. And that's why it's the hardest, because it's the least inspirational, but that's where I'm actually getting the job done. Right? Again, something that I'm pretty certain we discussed whatever, once or twice, but it's a a fabulous idea from the Rebbe. With that, I want to say this in short. When Yaakov Avinu was going down to Choram, right? Um, If Yaakov Avinu, he's going down, he's going to spend 20 years by his uncle Lovam in Choram. And on the way down, he has that great dream with the ladder, which is really so much of what we're talking about, a (coughs) tefillah, which is a ladder. And after he wakes up, he has this tefillah. And he davens to Hashem in the beginning of Parshas Vayetze, he says, you know, if Hashem will be with me and He'll guard me in this way and give me bread and clothing and whatever and bring me back in peace to my father's home, then Hashem will be for me Hashem. Remember that concept, that tefillah. So Hasidus, first first of all, it's an odd prayer. Mm -hmm. He says, if Hashem will give me A, B, C, and D, then He'll be my Hashem. No, he's bartering. Mm -hmm. This is Yaakov Avinu. It's not a regular person. He's saying, if you give me A, B, and C, then you'll be my Hashem, and then, like, doesn't sound right. So, Hasidus explains, and it says that really, it wasn't just about Yaakov going down to Haran. Yaakov represents the neshama of every Yid. And the neshama go- and Yaakov going down to Haran represents the neshama coming into this world. And Yaakov, at that junction, is like the neshama coming to this world, is davening to Hashem for success in our mission in this world. Every neshama comes down to this world. It's a big descent, and it has a big mission. And it prays to Hashem to help me succeed in the mission. So really, every step of Yaakov's prayer and every step of his neder of his oath that he took there, is really telling us what's going on. What's the mission of the neshama coming into this world? And what's its, what is it praying for when it's asking for success? And he says the following. And Listen, the first thing he says is, Hashem imadi. If Hashem will be with me, that's the first prayer we all need. Sayyaita D'Shmaya, Hashem should help us. Nothing goes without help. That he, He'll guard me in this way. Guarding, when we're talking about in Neshama language, guarding from the evils of life. Avers. Well, we need to be guarded from. That, you know, we could slip this way, slip that way. It's a, such a treacherous world out there. And I need to be guarded. So that was number one. In simple words, I shouldn't do Averis. Mm -hmm. He'll give me food to eat and clothing to wear. What's that in Neshama language? Food to eat? Torah. Torah is called mazal. Just like food is physical food for our body, Torah is spiritual food for our Neshama. So the Neshama needs Torah to keep it going. Beged, Lilbosh, clothing... Mitzvahs, right? Tanya tells us Torah is called Mazon. Mitzvahs are called Levushim. So again, this is the Neshama on the way in, right? He's heading to the hospital or wherever the birth is taking place. <laughs> so the Neshama is heading down and he's saying, he says, Hashem, I need help. No Averis, please, help me. Torah, Mitzvahs. And then he says, V'shafti b'shalom el beis avi. He'll return me home in peace. What's that? What's peace? In Neshama language. After the Neshama asked for Noa Veriz, Neshama asked for Torah, Neshama asked for Mitzvah, says, make sure, peace. What does peace mean? Peace is what you make with enemies. Peace, says Chassidus, is bringing Hashem into the whole world around me. That all that doesn't seem spiritual, I should, should be part of my avodah, the housework that you mentioned, the work work, the whatever, the exercise, eating, sleeping, all the stuff going on to make it one cohesive life of Kedusha. It's easier that my Torah and mitzvahs and tefillah should be with Kedusha than my work should be with Kedusha. Because Torah and Mitzvah is, is holy. It's holy moments. It's, it's, it's in shul or it's whatever. It's with the sitter. But then there's life. Peace is when my kedusha extends into my whole day. A person who Torah time and tefillah time is holy and world time is world is not living a peaceful life. It's actually a pretty conflicted life because I'm being pulled in both directions. Peace is when there's serenity, because there's cohesiveness, because right. there's no contradictions. There's no separateness. There's no separateness. There's no mechitza. It's not about Torah time, world time, tefillah, Hashem time, bad time. That's when I'm being torn apart. So after the neshama finishes saying, Hashem, help me not to do averas. Hashem, help me learn Torah. Hashem, help me do mitzvahs. He says, Hashem, give me peace that it should all come together. It's really integrating. Integrating exactly, and then Yaakov finishes. V'hoya Hashem li l'lokin. That's when I'll be fully connected to Hashem. And he finishes. What's the what's the punchline? hazos. This stone that I have just put here, ashasamti Matseva, yia base lelokim. Right? Yaakov then he had that stone that he made as a matzeva will be a house for Hashem. <coughs> says Chassidus. <coughs> What does a stone represent? The things in this world that are least spiritual. Mm-hmm. There's like no life even. It's just stone. Mm-hmm. Domain, the inanimate. When we live a life of peace, that we bring Kedushan to everything, that even the stones of our house become like the base of Mikdash. Even like the, stone even stone the shul most shul. physical becomes holy, just like the shul and just like the Torah and tefillah. They had a the stone from, from Yaakov Avino's Began bit, exactly, that was the place of the Beis Hamikdash. So when, when I'm able to live a life, when the Neshama says, not only will I be able to learn a daven, but I'll be able to have that peacefulness of everything being part of that picture, then the Kedusha, my relationship to Hashem, will come down to the stones of my home, will be a place of Kedusha. And that happens through Bechal Masechel Hashem that the entire day is permeated with that level, with that sense of peace. That's from Ramayimur. That's from Ramayimur. Um, Tafshin Tuf, v'shafti uh, al base avi and this Pasek, Tafshin lam al ches was said right after the Rebbe's heart attack. Right, I think it was Roshodesh Kislev of 77. Uh, well, it's like returning ourselves back to where we're supposed to be, which is Kanedan, which is complete... Oneness. With Hashem? With Hashem? That's what it is? Would that's maybe exactly that, it. Maybe that's connected to the whole idea of unity mm-hmm. with Shema in general. Bringing that, well, Bring that oneness into everything. Bring that oneness into everything. And that's correct. And that's correct. What's the, what's the name of that Vishafti Bishalom El-Bais Avi. The Rebbe said it in 77 and then edited it in 87. And handed it out by the Kinnos Ashluchim of 87. Um, okay, I think we're going to leave the last part of Shema the Vayomer for next week, Ymir tzah Hashem. Okay? So we'll see you then. Well, okay, I, I know I won't be here. Maybe other people will. Have. Yeah, I won't